Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Spartan 160EN podcast. This is podcast number 45, and uh, we got a nice little panel going on over here. Um, let me, uh, let's get right into it, guys. Uh, starting off with uh, Steph. Steph, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good. We won uh, 8-1. I thought it was uh, a okay patine score result, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm happy with that, but uh, a little bit upset with the uh, end ball team and the ladies. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about it. For sure. Um, I'm also joined by uh, Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing, bro? I'm good, yeah. It's been a while since I've been on. Um, and uh, I seem to have chosen a good night to come on as well after after the eight goals that we put past Vilnius. Uh, There's obviously that's happening around sporting as well off the field. So, uh, yeah, it should be an interesting one. Yeah, agreed. Uh, also with Kevin. Kevin, how you doing, bro? Yeah, all good after 8-1. Still shocked about that. Yeah, exactly. It's not, uh, it's not common from us here. And uh, last but not least, we're also joined by Chris. Chris, how you doing, dude? Oh, I'm doing good, as usual. Um, you know, uh, have Bruno Fernandes as the captain of my fantasy team this week. So casual, casual little forty-four bomb from him. So wow. yeah, I'm feeling good. <laughs> Jeez, that's a lot of points. Um, and yeah, anyways, let's jump right into it. Uh, starting with the starting eleven, um, it was uh, Renan Ribeiro in net, uh, Borja, Matu, Kovac, and Ristovski in defense. Uh, Gudeli, Wendell, and Bruno Fernandes in the midfield with Marcos Acuña Rafinha on the wings and Luis Felipe up top. With substitutions of Bas uh, uh, Dost uh, coming back to action two months later, Adrisa Dumbia also coming into action, and uh, Diaby uh, also came into into action um, today. Anyway, Steph, how you doing? Um, not how you doing? Oh my god, I'm all over the place. <laughs> what are your thoughts on today's game, bro? Uh, I mean, we we started typically as Sporting, which uh, it's. It, we we kind of used to it. Um, we we let Bulldogs uh, uh, come out strong, uh, but then eventually we uh, we weaken our composure, um, and then we scored the one nil uh, by Rafinha, a gift from disguise. I can't believe um, how bad of a pass the goalie of Bulldogs uh, produced, um, and then after that we went to uh, halftime winning. Then we scored another goal, and I thought it was pretty, <clears throat> pretty much a done deal, especially playing against ten, since uh, the goalie was uh, given a red, uh, red, uh, red, red card, well deserved, because that that's he was the last man, Rafinha, so mm-hmm. he had he had no other choice. And then you know after they scored the Liga, after he scored a um, the two one against us, which I, I blame uh, I blame Mathieu because. The way he passed the ball to Borja, uh, he kind of put him on the spot. Um, and uh, it would have been better if Machu kicked the ball outside than trying to uh, to, to to pass such a dangerous uh, ball. Uh, and then also, uh, uh, Ribeiro, I think he could have done better. I mean, as a goalie, you're supposed to defend the ball to uh, to the corner to, to, to the corner kick, not, not up front. And then Lika was super sonic, and uh, he, he he took he, he took the advantage of uh, of uh, that gift Renan gave him. But then after that, it was all Sporting. 
uh, let it rain, baby. And uh, <laughs> we scored uh, seven, uh, six more goals. And it could have been more. Basdash did a deposit, the repost. Um, so, I mean, there's nothing you can say much when we went 8 1. That's uh, that's a humongous, huge, uh, huge win. Um, I believe this is uh, game number 11. Um, and that's that's amazing. I think we need two more to beat uh, Marin Perch from '96, the record, all-time record. So, and I mean, I think that's an older one. 16 years old, 16 games in a row. That in 1938, 39, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but you know, besides that, it's an amazing end of the season, and it, it makes you think. Um, I really think that all the games, uh, competition, Liga, Tasa de Liga, and all that was way too much for this team, because um, you need a, we needed a stronger team. But now, now we can see that these players, if they have enough rest, our team knows how to play and plays well. And um, I'm very optimistic for the game against uh, Football Club Port Nutragão, and also Nusamor on the 25th of of May. I like the way we're playing, full of confidence. So, so we'll see. But besides that, to wrap it up, the team was amazing, and uh, Bullness didn't have a chance whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll throw it to you next. Uh, what did you think of today's game? I think it was a dominating performance. Um, you know, we don't usually see these types of uh, blowouts like this too often. Um, you know, Bruno Fernandes is amazing again. He could have scored uh, a couple more goals, actually. I mean, he could have easily yeah. had, like, five. Um, uh, I mean, he, he's the one that set up that through ball to Rafinha, which got the red card. Um, you know, he, he's always he's always dangerous and, and dynamic. Um, you know, Rafinha was, also had a, uh, a pretty good game. Um, I felt bad for... Guillermo Oliveira, who 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 came in in goal for them, because he had a uh, he had nothing to do except pick the ball out of the net, <laughs> and uh, I think that was his first appearance for Bolness too. So that's a rough a rough go for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's good to see the team hitting such good form uh, here to close out the season. Um, you know, it'd be amazing if Porto were to lose next week, setting up a you know a decisive game. Uh, for the last game of the season, um, but you know we are uh, we are rolling right now, and uh, you know I um, have full confidence that we have a, a pretty good chance of winning uh, our last three games. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and Kevin, I'll start with you next, bro. What do you think of today's game? Um, yeah, very good performance. Didn't look like it'd be it would turn out the way that it did in the first twenty minutes. We didn't have that much of a control on the game. Bill Nins did look to threaten a little bit. We didn't seem to get through their block of 10-9 players. But then once we got the first, we never looked like stopping. And I haven't seen Sporting as clinical as this game in a while. We scored six goals in the second half, and it was from six shots on target. So it's just, it's really a tribute to Kaiser's work as we've improved a lot since we've had a bit more time to concentrate on the tactical side of things, not just 
doing game after game since we've been knocked out of the Europa League and the Tasa, and that's finished. We've had more time to prepare and to study the opponents and to fix on the problems that we've had before. And it seems to be cancelling out. We've seen Gudeli play a lot better since he's been learning to position a lot more and probably getting a lot more coaching. And the team is just a lot more confident now. It's 10 wins straight and this one being a brilliant one. And you can't really fault anyone in this team today. It's just a brilliant performance from everyone. Yeah, agreed. And uh, last but not least, Patrick, uh, what are your thoughts on today's game? Yeah, um, obviously a good performance. Uh, at times quite relaxed. And um, one in which um, I guess some people, um, mainly opposition fans, will probably look at the game and say, Bill Nish, um, you know, they made their bed a bit. Obviously, they gave us the first goal, uh, which Rafinha took, and then Muriel gets himself sent off. And, and when when a team like that puts it, puts itself in that sort of position, um, it's always going to be difficult uh, to climb out of it. Um, yeah, and, and for sure we did we did look like there was moments where we relaxed a bit, but we knew that I think I think the players knew that if they wanted to, they could speed things up and and um, and take it past uh, Bulnish. Bolinich got the goal. They made it two one. It, it made us think a bit. We got a bit of fortune as well uh, to snap back and, and get the three one via Gudeli. Uh, but as I said, you know, we we, we had the game uh, firmly in our hands, and if we concentrated a bit more and uh, and picked our moment to speed it up, um, then we'd find the gaps in uh, in Bolinich's team, and that's what we did. And uh, and then unfortunately for Bolinich. Um, unfortunately for themselves, I'm sure they'll be disappointed uh, uh, by what happened in the last 15 minutes. But they really just lost control of all the organisation that they had and sporting just tore them apart. Uh, Bastos' introduction was was a good one and um, a nice reminder as well of um, how useful of a strike he is. I know we're all waxing lyrical over uh, Luis Philippe and his seven goals in seven games, but... Um, uh, you know, I, I still rate Dost at the same time. And it's good to have two good strikers. Um, but I still rate Dost at the same time as Luis is scoring goals. He's an intelligent striker. Um, and I think we saw that intelligence um, uh, really shine through, especially for uh, Idrissa Dumbia's uh, uh, first goal for the club. So, um, yeah, all in all, lots of lots of positives to take and some good confidence um, building going forwards for that uh, big finale in the season and obviously the cup final in a few weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, all right, uh, so just to sort of uh, take away a little bit of the uh, game here. Um, Steph, I'll start off with you first. There's been some murmurs. Obviously, this, this will be in a joking tone, of course, but... Um, I don't know, dude. What do you think? Some scrooped? I mean, Muriel handed us uh, handed us the first goal, gave us a second, gave us a red on the second goal. Um, <laughs> yeah, or, or some scrooped? Okay, pa. Yeah, man, there's no, there's no fucking such thing. <laughs> the thing is, uh, Bill Nes, they already achieved their goal. Uh, yeah. Just, just like all the other teams that, like Portimonense. Uh, today, uh, os Lampiões, they, they, they played against Portimonense. And um, 
and and Braga, even Braga, you 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 see some teams that usually they typically uh, put up great performances playing shitty, and then and then you start thinking why it's because they're not as focused as they needed to be throughout the season because they achieved their goals. The only the only teams now that uh, have to remain focused uh, it's uh, Dondela, Nacional. Um, those teams fighting to to stay in the, in the first league. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the 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 we we know that Porto and Benfica they fighting for the champions uh, championship league. Sporting already guaranteed the third place. Uslampius do Nord they guaranteed the fourth the fourth place. So there's a little bit of a fight between the fifth and the sixth place, and then uh, everything else it's at the at, at the bottom. Fidance is gone. Uh, they've been uh, relegated. So, so the interesting uh, about our Portuguese league is is the bottom now. Um, Bilnes losing eight one. Of course, it's embarrassing for for Bilnes Sad. <laughs> Let's not forget about that. For real, yeah. Uh, but uh, did they give us the game? We have nothing to benefit from this fucking game. Really. I mean, yeah. I would I would have preferred seeing Maxi play. I would have preferred seeing our youth play because we already have the third place guaranteed. Um, and and the Kaiser is not doing that. He's still playing Diaby. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, and then te- do a couple tests. Do, do a, cu- a couple, you know, try out new players from uh, the sub-23 team or the ones you have on the bench. Give more minutes to Giovanni, to, to uh, Francisco Giraldo. Uh You know, I mean, it's, it's now. I mean, do, do you do we really give a shit about the the record of of wins? Uh, not me personally. I don't. I would I would rather see uh, players that need minutes uh, play. Um, our team is full of confidence now. But there's no fucking way. Uh, uh, even if if, if Sporting tried to bribe Brunens, that's if that's what people are think are thinking. Uh, for what? We have nothing to gain with this silly game. Seriously speaking, this game was not crucial for anything at all whatsoever. Nah, so it's bullshit. Yeah, agreed, dude. I, I was really just saying that as a joke, too, because uh, I, I seen some uh, some complaints about... Uh... Anyways, you that's neither why, here you nor there. Com- do you know why they complain? Because Uzbekistan, uh, they complain about that. It's because we're not blind. We see how these fucking teams like Braga and Maritimo open their legs and they got it in the ass and they facilitate the game. We know that and they know that. So to counterattack, they come with the silly ideas that against Berlin, Berlin did the same. But we're not in the title race. We're not fighting for anything. We got the, th- the, the third place from si- since last uh, fucking Friday. So yeah. they can keep on dreaming and, and masturbating. <laughs> um kevin uh next question will go to you uh so earlier on in the season we were uh we were linked to muriel um so so what do you think do you think he, he's still a good keeper as we as we as many of us still think that he is uh and that today was just a, a bad game or do you just not believe that he's uh anywhere near spartan quality not anywhere near but he's not spartan quality per se definitely a very good keeper as we've seen as from multiple games that Bulnins has played against Sporting and various games he's played across the season. Um, but I'd say he's not 
Sporting's quality. I'd say Bulnins is definitely his his level. And I'd say as regards to Sporting's goalkeeping position, we have a perfectly good goalkeeper at an Italian club out on loan who's doing a perfectly good job and probably saved Spal from relegation, along with some others, of course. But I'd say Viviano is definitely the guy to bring back for next season. Yeah. Yeah, good shout. Um, Patrick, uh, uh, next question to you. Um, so, so Gudeli, it, it was a deflection, but he did get called the goal. Um, overall, he's had a, he, he's had a decent, or a pretty good performance today. Um, and he's definitely been growing uh, from the last few games um, at, uh, at Sporting. Uh, do you think he deserves to uh, to sign a permanent deal with us, or, or do you think it's best that we uh, let him go at the end of the season? Well, as you say, um, I think we can all agree that perhaps since the Benfica game um, in the cup, we have seen uh, Gudeli come go from strength to strength in the sporting side, and he has uh, performed a lot better than what we had seen uh, in the early stages, and. Um, me personally, looking at that, you, you do sort of wonder whether obviously he comes uh, from the Chinese league where um, it was made known to Sporting that, you know, Goodelli wasn't as fit as uh, the other players from, from the get-go. Um, so, you know, he had a lot of catching up to do in terms of form and, 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 full, and being in full fitness. So you just wonder whether maybe now he's really feeling a lot more comfortable with himself and... Uh, with his surroundings at Sporting, um, and perhaps now we'll start to see the the real Gudeli. Um That that is sort of on the back of my mind, but I just I just still think that even with his good form now, um, uh, and with Sporting's uh, financial situation, you know, apparently being as delicate as it is, that we've had to ship out Nani and Montero, and we're perhaps thinking about doing the same to. Acuna and Quartas at certain stages. Um, with that being sporting situation, I think um, Goodelli won't come cheap. So uh, I would personally prefer to to hold off uh, bringing him in permanently, or, or and well, just looking at different avenues uh, for that position. For that position, because I still think he's not the ideal number six that Kaiser would like um, in, in that squad anyway. I think um, even, even Idrissa Dumbia isn't quite that guy, but, you know, someone similar to Dumbia in terms of, um, you know, he, he's not an expensive signing. I think Sporting should be looking for a, a gem in, in the mould of Dumbia to, to, to fill that role or even um, stick Dumbia there for one season and try polishing him up as a true number six. I think those are smarter uh, uh, avenues that Sporting could take uh, going into the future. Goodelli simply too expensive for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, Chris, uh, so Bruno Fernandes, along with others, uh, like Coates, Cunha, Risto, and, and Luis Philippe, um, on a, uh, a yellow card warning. So one more yellow card would take them out the next game. Um, so luckily, I mean, they didn't see any yellows today. Uh, none of the, the players um, I was talking about. But mainly focusing on, on Bruno Fernandes. Uh, do you think he should force a yellow card the next game against Tondela so he can miss the the, the, the final game against Porto? 
uh, but play the Tasa, or do you think that we should um, we should be looking for him to play all three of those games to, I mean, potentially secure a second place if, if Porto does happen to slip up, and of course uh, the all important Tasa final. What do you think, dude? Um, so if he would be suspended on yellow cards, it would carry over to the cup final. Uh, if he gets suspended on the Porto game, yes. Like the last game of the season, it would. Okay. Um, well, it's totally, uh, for me, the answer to that is situational. Because uh, if the game against Porto doesn't actually matter, then uh, I'm fine with sitting him. Uh, I don't care because we're already in third. And if we mathematically can't get the second because Porto wins or draws next weekend, um, then uh, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm also fine with it in terms of um, potentially uh, um, you know deciding the title race one way or another um, because I'm not particularly fond of potentially um, handing Benfica the title if they happen to slip up not saying that they will or that I think that they will but it really would be hilarious if they lose their last game but we beat Porto so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that would be hilarious um yeah, so um, yeah, I'm fine with with sitting him. Um, obviously, uh, I think that if they force if he f- forces a yellow or it appears that he forces a yellow, he's gonna get suspended extra because of um, what happened with Petit so recently. I think they're kind of uh, onto that. that. Um, that was only a couple of weeks ago, so it's not worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. We shouldn't let that. You know try to take away because he's done a good job the past couple games of managing this and he, he typically is a bit hot-headed and he was getting booked almost every game at the beginning of the season um so he did accumulate a lot back then um so yeah to answer the question uh if the game against porto matters that for us um i definitely don't sit him but uh um if uh, if the game doesn't matter and porto is more than more than three points ahead of us, which will happen if they win or draw their next game, then that game against Porto doesn't matter. So I'm, to- I'm totally fine with, uh, with throwing out Thierry Correa, Maximiliano, um, you know, the Gerald's, uh, Jovan, everyone, um, you know, Baz Dost, a, a reserve striker, um, you know, let them all yeah, play. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Kevin, my next question will go to you. So um, we've seen Dumbia finally score his first, if I'm not mistaken, for um, for Sporting. Um, I mean, I think it's also uh, he's tied with uh, his namesake, uh, Dumbia, from last season. I could be wrong, of course, Ooh, though. Okay. <laughs> but um, what do you think, dude? Do you think um, – I mean, we've, we've sort of talked about this a lot um, – La- the, the, these last coming weeks, but uh, I guess more so today, seeing as we've seen another goal from him, another decent performance on him coming in. Um, do you think we should maybe even change stuff around um, even this season, or do you think that uh, going forward next season, Dumbia is our, our, our center defensive midfielder going forward? What do you think, dude? Um, considering this season performances-wise, I'd say Dumbia is our best six at the moment. Um, he plays a position a lot better than Gudeli. His awareness, his positional awareness isn't always the best. And in tra- transitioning... <laughs> God, what's happened there? Yeah, we, we still hear you, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. I'm putting myself on mute. Never mind. 
That's uh, cool. Yeah, like I was saying, um, is transitioning between defending and attacking. Sometimes you get caught off. Oh, I like to see the there, see how we do. And we've got plenty of the guys there. Even Brunfash played that position. So we've got talent that can play that six role. But I'd say Dumbi is definitely the best that we've got at the moment. And we should look to see how these other players do. But if not, go for a proper six because Dumbia isn't quite there and should be used primarily as a backup. Uh, yeah, agreed, dude. Agreed. Um, Steph, I'll, I'll pass the next question off to you. Um, seeing as uh, you're kind of our optimist here on the panel, but you're also like a very realist. Um, what do you think, dude? Second, second place. Um, I mean, of course, mathematically it's possible, but realistically, do you see us achieving that or is that just uh, a pipe dream? Yeah, it's just a pipe dream. Um, uh, you know, there's only two games left. Um, I don't see Porto slipping against Nacional. Let's be, let's be realistic. Uh, they, they will demolish them at home. Uh, so... I mean, I would love, I would love for them to 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 tie against Nacional. Uh, but even, what are we six points away from Porto? So, so with that said, they need to lose against Nacional. So, nah, I I, I don't see it. I hope so, of course, but realistically, we got the third place. And basically, we will go to uh, the uh, group phase of uh, of uh, Liga Europa, but that's it. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Even though Nacional, if they pick up six points in their last two games, might be might be safe or will probably be safe. I don't. I I agree with you. I also don't see that happening. Um, I think they lost today three one. Yeah, three one to Santa Clara. Oh no, that's Tondela. No, they uh, they tied two two. Right, they tied two two. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's it's promising for us because it does show that they they have some um, they have some kick about them. They have some fire about them. They definitely want to stay up. You know, they were down to nothing against Gimenez. So, um, but yeah, I, I I agree. I think Porto will be too much of a test for them. Um, Patrick, next question to you. Um, so we seen a Bazdos goal today, as well as a ba Bazdos uh, nice dummy to Dumbia, um, as well as a Luis Flip goal, uh, seven and seven games. Um, if you're Kaiser, who starts next game? Do you keep Luis Philippe starting because he's he's, he's still hot? Uh, do you throw in Baz Dost um, off the 20-minute uh, cameo he had now, as well as his reputation? Um, what do you think, dude? Uh, I think we've got to be fair to Luis Philippe, really, and he's he's finally put together um, a really good run of uh, of goals to his name, um, and the team's playing reasonably well what you don't want to do is for example ignore that and having seen the effort that Luis Felipe has gone through to, to to finally start scoring for sporting um you don't really want to you know throw that to the fire so to speak uh, and throw Dostin just for the sake that his name is Baslos of course we've got to respect his qualities um but we've got this game coming up and then next game 
is against Porto, and we all know what Bastos is like in big games. He's not the most of athletic striker. He's not pacey, so he will struggle. Um, you know, it's it's um, it, it's tricky for me to see Dost realistically in the in the squad right now um, with with Luce Flip, um playing as well as he is, and and, and apparently having a very good. Uh, connection with the likes of Rafinha, who he seems to be quite close to, and and Bruno Fernandes as well, who who you know that is well documented now that they have uh, lots of discussions uh, on on movement and all that. So there's a nice synergy uh, between those three um, building. I think that's the way forward for now, um, short term. Uh, you know, long term we can have the discussion who's better, Luis Felipe or Bastos, and, uh, 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 and that'll be that. But for short term, I think Kaiser's got to go with uh, what's worked recently, and uh, and what's worked recently is Luis Felipe. He's got seven goals and seven appearances. Um, we've got to respect that and uh, and back the the guy all the way um, for these next few games. I think, especially for that Porto game, because I think he's got more about him in terms of offering Porto a threat when we need someone to hold the ball up or attack the space in behind the Porto defence, which I'm sure um, could be the case on, on numerous occasions. Yeah. yeah. And um, last question really on this game uh, to you, Chris, a bit, a bit more towards actual the, 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 the events on the game um, was the penalty call on, on uh, 4-1. I think it's definitely debatable. Um, what do you think? Was that a, a a clear penalty, or do you think the defender, uh, the the defender, wins the ball and then the follow through uh, trips up uh, Luis Philippe? Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely not an obvious PK. Definitely uh, on the softer side, um, but I have seen definitely seen softer given this season, um, just in general by Portuguese refs. Um, he does win the ball at first, but he, he kind of takes out Luis Philippe, um, uh, you know, after he's won the ball. Um, I definitely thought it was one for, for him to take a look at. Um, I'm surprised that he didn't um, look at the replay of it and just trusted the guy upstairs that it was the right call. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, I'm probably leaning more it isn't a PK because I, I, I kind of hate when when you win the ball, but you kind of clip the men at the end and, uh, and, uh, you know, um, and, but you've already won the ball. Um, it it's like the Rostovsky red card against Shavs. I mean, he comes in, wins the ball and then kind of clips the guy at the end and they call a foul, you know, I was opposed to that. So, I mean, I'm just trying to stay consistent here and I personally hate it when you win the ball and you just kind of hit the guy with the follow through. I mean, it, it's tough to, it's tough to win the ball then if you can't make any contact with the guy even after you've won it. So for me, I'm leaning more towards no, uh, probably like 60-40 in terms of no to yes. Um, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it. Yeah, I was actually going to throw it off to someone else too because I actually agree with you. I think that that was a very harsh decision in my opinion. Um, Steph, what do you think? Do you think it's a clear penalty? Yeah, without a doubt, it's a it's a clear penalty, um, and um, 
But yeah, it's, I mean, it's a clear penalty. I have nothing else to say. I mean, for sure, yeah. uh, if 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 this one wasn't a penalty, the ones uh, that Benfica uh, got last game, not not this this game, but last 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 year weekend. I mean, that, that, those were not penalty, but mm. you know what I mean in comparison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This one was obvious. The ones uh, in favor of Benfica, you could say that uh, Amala Chow worked out pretty good. <laughs> Agreed. I, I I definitely agree with you there too. Definitely the Benfica ones weren't. Um, Patrick, what are your thoughts on 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 this penalty too? Yeah, I'd go with um with Steph. Obviously, it's one of those that um as a defender, you have a clear intention in your head to do uh, what you set out to do, which is win the ball and. Um, things sort of get conflicted a little bit once once you make the challenge, and it can be a tricky one sometimes for the for the referee to decide. But I think, uh, on the face of things, uh, the right decision was made in the end. So I'd say it's a penalty too. All right, fair. And Kevin, you're uh, you're the you're the tiebreaker. It's two two right now, not the Toronto Philadelphia series, of course, though. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Kevin, what are what are your thoughts? Do you think it's a penalty? Um, I'd say definitely a penalty. Um, I mean, if if it wasn't given, I'm pretty sure we'd all be enraged that it wouldn't be given. And if you're in doubt, just go go ahead and watch all of the penalties that Benfica has been given this season, and see how many of them are softer than the one that we got given today. Yikes. Tell them how you really feel, bro. <laughs> it's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, so it's 3-2 in terms of penalty. So, uh, um, yeah, good call then, I guess. Um, all right. Really, last last uh, subject matter is man of the match. Um, I mean, I think we can all agree it was Bruno Fernandes, but uh, your special mention, if it's not. And if it's not Bruno Fernandes, tell me who your man of the match is. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you, dude. Uh, yeah, so um, just to you know, keep mixing it up, because I do think Bruno Fernandes uh, is the man of the match. Agreed. Um, Hard to argue with you as well. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with um, uh, Luis Philippe. Um, goal and an assist. Um, could have had another one. Thought he had a nice game. Um, you know, I've been liking the way he's been playing. Um, I believe it's six straight games with a goal. Um, or five seven. straight games with a goal. Well, one of those games. Oh, no, yeah, right. Seven goals. and seven. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, it's good to have two strikers. Um, I really wish that um, Baz Dost would have hit the one that he, that he dummied because, to me, that, you know, gave me some, like uh, – PTSD of of the form that he that he was in because I actually think he did that exact same thing when he was in the poor form yeah. where he kind of dummied it like that and it's like dude just shoot the ball um he got unlucky hit the post as well um so I mean I mean he he's potentially a, on a hat trick if he takes all his chances there which would have been pretty remarkable um but yeah I'm definitely glad to see him score again um, I'm sure that felt really good um but yeah Luis Felipe's my man of the match yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I loved about Luis Philippe too on um, on Bruno Fernandes, I don't know if it was his first or I think it was his first, um, where Luis Philippe sort of gets the ball past the the goalkeeper. He has a, kind of an open net with a defender in front of him. Yeah. And the first thing he does is look to where Bruno Fernandes is to give them the goal. I think that, 
I mean, I know we, we sort of get on Bastos for the same thing, but that sort of unselfishness. And I, I mean, it's not like he had an open net at the same time. Yeah, uh, no, he would have had, it would have had to have been a good finish. But, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I respect that. And yeah. uh, Bruno Burnett's kind of uh, got risky with it. He put it to the left side of the goal where the defender's momentum oh, yeah. was carrying him and the whole right side of the goal was, was wide, wide open. open. Yeah. But, I mean, it worked out. So no complaints, but yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. The fucking cheek of that guy. <laughs> Definitely playing with some confidence. Um, Kevin, who's your man of the match, dude? Um, apart from obviously Bruno Fernandes, I'd say Cafinha. Uh, again, he had a very good game, uh, linked up very well with Felipe and um, Bruno Fernandes, created a lot of chances down the right. Kistowski didn't support him that much, so. He he had a, quite a lot of individual pieces of skill that he pulled off. That's quite good to see. A couple of dribbles on the right side, put in a couple of crosses, and just had a very good game. I'd say he's probably the man of the match, apart from Grunfeldt and possibly Felipe. Yeah, I can't argue with that too. Rafinha's been on he's been on fire these last few weeks. To be fair, um, Patrick, who's your man of the match, dude? Um. I can't look past uh, Bruno Fernandes, really. I think he, by the end of it, he's the one who really uh, turned screw and uh, made the scoreline look uh, like what it was. I think he, he is the heartbeat of the sporting team. So, you know, for the sake of it being a hat-trick, for him um, being the highest-scoring midfielder uh, in history and... Uh, I think he even has more goals than Cristiano Ronaldo this season as well. So, um, you know, big day for him. So I'll, I'll give it to him. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you can't argue with Bruno Fernandes, dude. And uh, Steph, last but not least, who's your man of the match, dude? Oh, I have a couple of names. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Wendell and Acuna. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Players that... Um, uh, just because they didn't score any goals, they they go uh, unseen. But the work they do in the midfield, um, they 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 both of them they are a little too working bees, uh, doing all the nasty stuff, all the nitty gritty. So the Wendell and Aquinia for me. Yeah, great shouts. Um, all right, moving on to um, I think the hottest talking point of. Um, of Sporting sort of um, Sporting club news this this uh, this week. Um, not only the potential uh, deal between Manchester City and, and Sporting for Bruno Fernandes, uh, but more so the uh, potential future dealings of uh, Manchester City youngsters to uh, Sporting, um, with uh, maybe potential of uh, you know future future buy options or whatever it may be. Um, while City also has. Uh, Prior, not priority, but um, sort of like first, first, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like first dibs, I guess you can say uh, for, on uh, on our on our talent and on our players. Um, Patrick, I'll throw it off to you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, potential uh, potential deal between the two clubs? Um, it's interesting um, because obviously City are a, a very well connected club. Um, and if you if you look at their youth setup, they've got some very interesting players that are all constantly arriving, um, 
you know, through the door, the youth academy, many of them will will eventually find it difficult to to break through um, the first team. And I think that there's a very good example even uh, at Real Madrid, Brahim Diaz um, you know, hardly got a game at Manchester City. Uh, and now he he's doing very well for Real Madrid, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, so there is, um, in my head, obviously the, the 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 chance that Sporting will find themselves with uh, uh, one or two interesting names should a deal like that materialise. Um, but the downside of that, of course, is that um, you know, deep, deep, deep in the foundations of a young players, there might, there may be times. Um, when you know we see a very good, talented youngster um, slip from our hands and enter City's uh, academy, and you don't really want to do that. Obviously, as fans of Sporting, I think we all agree we want to see um, the best players possible uh, represent our club, especially when they come through our youth academies. What we pride ourselves on. Uh, so I'm always very cautious with. Um, partnerships like that um, uh, between uh, between two clubs um, so you know I'm not sure that part of me wants to see it because it's a very good connection to have Manchester City um, with with as I said interesting youngsters and to their name but uh, part of me also wants to wants to see Sporting uh, be a little bit more independent and, and in that way um, try to try to affect uh, the European game. We can still do that and and hold good relationships with a club like Manchester City, um, but you know we're not here to do any special deals or first dibs um, on on young players. Uh, in my opinion, I don't I don't really agree with that. I rather Sporting go and if they have a promising player like, for example, uh, Bruno Fernandes, you know we sell to the highest bidder always. Um, that's that's just what I prefer to see uh, from a club. Yeah, well said, um, Chris. Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the city deal? Do you agree more to, with uh, what Patrick was saying, or uh, do you think um, this deal might be a bit more beneficial? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not entirely sold on the just the concept of it of you know it's a slightly lower value than than we would have given you but we're giving you you know some fucking scraps from our scrap pile here and that will kind of balance it out that's kind of the thinking i think and you know i don't i don't really like it um you know we don't really need overpriced um untested youth players that man city obviously feels aren't going to pan out for them um, we obviously have a better youth academy than they do uh, in terms of, you know, just looking at res- purely results-based as far as, you know, the players we've developed. I mean, obviously they developed some good players um, over the years, um, but, I mean, I think we have a better track record. So, I mean, I don't really think that we need to be, you know, either A, spending money to get these overpriced youth prospects purely because they're coming from Manchester City, Um and and be giving them you know fifty sixty percent of a resale because I mean that totally defeats the purpose of it. Um, so I mean I do think that the that Bruno Fernandes would flourish um, at City and it's obviously a better situation to go to um, than Manchester United right now, um, just as far as like stability and playing style in my opinion. Um, but I mean 
I, uh, I mean, at the same time though, I, I, I can look at it from the other side and it's like, I mean, if the buyout really is 35 and they give us 50, I mean, they're kind of doing us a favor. If, if more than anything, they're just kind of guaranteeing themselves being the highest bidder because there'll be plenty of clubs will be able to easily trigger that 35 buyout. So um, I don't really think it's going to get that much higher above that. So, I mean, if this is the best deal that's available, um, you know, obviously we kind of have to take it, but I don't really, I don't really like where this is going, um, the path that it's going down. Um, and uh, I think that we definitely have lost some leverage um, in terms of the negotiation uh, at this point. So, um, yeah, I guess the only thing to do is just keep, you know, these news bits are going to be coming in for, you know, the next month straight. So we kind of got to analyze each one to determine the legitimacy of it um, and not get too held up by, you know, rumors that are around for, you know, only a day and are just kind of made up by the press. Um, so, I mean, uh, as far as tweeting out, you know, rumors and stuff, it's it's almost, you know, not beneficial to, to tweet them all out because the story changes from day to day. I mean, this just might be the latest story and then it'll change again tomorrow um, in the paper. So we'll have to see um, how it develops. But I mean, as far as the way that it's going right now, I'm, I am getting um, a bit nervous as, as far as what this deal could, could become. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, Steph, uh, um, what are your thoughts? Do you have, uh, do you agree with these two guys or do you also, do you think, uh, do you think differently, dude? Do I think I'm what? sorry. Actually, sorry, Steph. Let me just, before I, before I forget again, um, it's not that it's first dibs. I, I actually messed up on that. Uh, like Zeh helped me out here on the chat. It's more that, um, city will be able to, to sort of match offers from other teams rather than, than have first dibs on our, on our player. So sorry on that. Let me just clarify that. But anyway, we, we had a similar type of deal with uh, Rassing when we bought Acuna and then we didn't take advantage of it, but we had technically first right um, or like, you know, preferential odds or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. At signing some players. And it was like for a three year window. Obviously, that three year window's passed. We didn't sign anyone, but technically it was available there, you know? So it's the same type of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's not, yeah, like I was saying, it's not exactly first dibs. It's more like that. Well said, Chris. Anyway, Steph, uh, what are your thoughts on the on the city deal? Oh no, I I agree with Chris. Uh, I'm not in, in the mood to uh, pick up scrap from uh, Manchester City. Um, <laughs> if you look at the uh, track record of the youth league of uh, the championship uh, championship youth league, uh, Porto just won it. Uh, the under nineteen. Uh, b- before that, uh, uh, I mean, I hate to say it's our rivals, but. It's just to show the quality of our youth in Portugal. Uh, if he get reached the final twice, um, so I don't think I don't think their youth is uh, superior to our youth. Uh, I think the the number one academy in the world is Ajax from the Netherlands, and we should be around the second uh, or third. But I don't see any English team being superior than any of our academies in Portugal, and I will include Benfica and Porto because they've done a phenomenal job um, uh, lately. So, uh, like Chris said, uh, picking up scraps from Manchester City, and I'm pretty sure these these scrap, the scrap players, they have good salaries, and paying them a ton of money, I'm not a big fan of that. 
and uh, th these th these bullshit clauses of you'll ha you'll have first choices and it's 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 like Chris said. I mean, we had it with racing. <laughs> we never took advantage of it. So it's it's just uh, smoke smoke screens, you know. Um, so show me the money. I mean, stop with this fucking bullshit deals. Uh, uh, you know, he's a hundred million. He's a hundred million. If you want to go negotiate for you know a little bit less, like eighty, uh, you know, I'll be okay with that. But I'm certainly not okay with. Um, hey, fifty-five. Because I've I've seen it on Twitter, you know, fifty-five plus fifteen in uh, in uh, objectives, and then a lone player or something like that. I'm not a big fan of that. Show me the money you want it. You want him pay. If you don't want him, I have Manchester United, your neighbor that's interested, and I have Paris Saint Germain that's interested, and I have Bayern Munich that's interested. Yep. And I have Juventus that's interested. And that's and that's that's how uh that's how Vienna should negotiate in Verandas. It's 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 to bring to the table those big sharks. Uh I think even Barcelona uh, is interested. So show it to them. Hey, we have no problem selling this player. There's a bunch of teams that want him with a lot of money. So we're not interested in your bullshit fucking broken players that you guys don't even want. And and uh, the fifty millions uh, in objectives. Show me the money, and this we we still have the leverage. We just have to be smart about it. Uh, but I agree with Chris one hundred percent. I am not in the mood of getting players that Manchester City says they're not a good fit for them. And why would they be a good fit for Sporting Club Portugal? I don't see. I don't see the point at all. Yeah, well said, uh, Kevin. Last but not least. Um, thoughts on on the city deal, or, or do you agree with uh, do you agree um, with what Steph Patrick and Chris Chris has said? One hundred percent. One point I will make is part of the deal for Bruno Fernandes that is being discussed. Um, it's around fifty million or whatever it was. Plus, there's two players that are being discussed: um, Moreno, the winger, and. Douglas Luiz, who's a central midfielder, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I don't know how it makes sense to first not play Daniel Barganza, send him out on loan, not play Miguel Luiz, send him to the under-23s, not play Bruno Paz in the first team, keep him in the under-23s, hardly play Dumbia until the last few games of the season, but we're going to bring in Douglas Luiz from Manchester City so we can bet on him and not our own kids who for sure are better than something that Manchester City bought and never used. I'd, I really don't see the point of getting other academy players to play for us when we don't use our own. And do we not have an agreement similar to this one with Barcelona a few years ago? the Hefren deal where we gave them two academy players and whatever it was and we got Hefren in return. Different circumstance, but in deals like this, it always seems to be the small club, which is in this case, unfortunately, sporting, they always seem to get screwed over. So we're, we're in the Ligue 1. We're a selling team, unfortunately. 
um, our finances apparently aren't in the best shape. What we should be looking to do is get the full 100 million, sell and buy well. And by buy well, I'm not meaning buying Diabis or bringing in Douglas Luiz or Moreno for 3 million. No, we invest smartly in the academy for one, bring in good players of a good quality or better in our own youth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I'll play devil's advocate a bit. Um, I, I think it's not necessarily a terrible agreement between the two. Um, I mean, for example, we're, we've been crying about a new goalkeeper for, 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 how, for a whole season now. I wouldn't be opposed to City throwing in Claudio Bravo for us. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, you don't perceive Vivian Landout, we keep Hannon because we want to. So is. Sorry, sorry, Kev. I, I, I started talking. I think you cut out a bit. Uh, Kev, you, you hear us now? Yeah. Yeah, Maxi, Maxi, caralho, Maxi, yeah, meu. Okay. Para um Maxi. E para dois, Why have we got two brilliant goalkeepers? One that can be one of the best in the world in a few years and one that's one of the best in Italy, but he's not good enough for sporting. Why are we keeping Hernan? It's, we, have a, we made a choice to not use Viviano and we're making a choice not to use Maxi, but we're going to bring in Bravo for what? Yeah. I, okay, what I'm saying here is is we can also use Manchester City's. We know they have money. Why I one I the one the only thing I don't like is the fact that Hugo Vienna and, and Sporting in general are going to Manchester to, to settle out a deal for our player. What what I'm saying and and even uh, and I agree with Zet here on the chat is it's not like if 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 a team comes in for a hundred million or whatever it is, it's not like if City come in for less that we have to take the City deal. It's just that the City have to match it. So, I mean, I don't see why we can't maybe negotiate a United uh, to a 50 and then have them to battle out the two rivals. Um, I know we can do that without the affiliate deal. But what I'm saying is we can also potentially get a Jaden Sancho. We can also potentially get a uh, – who else was another uh, – uh, the, the kid that they sold to, to, to Real Madrid. What's his name? Brahim Diaz. Brahim Diaz. You know, just to play devil's advocate, what what what's to say that right. if without this deal, Sporting wouldn't get a player or a youngster of that quality coming out of City's City's Academy that has been growing uh, for City, the last City, I don't know City how have a lot of City have a lot of very, very, very good players in their academy. I will I will give um you know, I will give them that and and you know, we're not just talking about English players that come from you know, inner parts of Manchester, they, they've got a very good networking squad that picks up players from uh, from Germany, from Holland, um, South America, um, Spain, of course. You know, lots of interesting players. But the, I think I, I kind of get what what Kevin is getting at, and it's that, like for example, a Marlos Moreno who was tipped to be a very good player. You know, two, three years ago at international tournaments with Colombia and with uh, Atletico Nacional, I believe he was at in the Colombian League. Um, you know, this is a player who, to come to sporting, he still has to work a lot to get into the first team. And if we've already got players who are talented and are already having to work 
a lot to get into the first team, like Miguel Luis, like Gerald, Bruno Page, etc., etc. You know, this is just going to clog up more. He's not. I think Sporting should. We've got. We've got that potential. I think Sporting should be looking at um, either being absolutely sure that Marlos Moreno is the profile of player that we want, and he will like eight, nine times out of ten get into the first team. Either we're very sure that that player will do that for us. Or, or, or we simply have to look for players that will enter the first team because we've got we're pretty much covered in terms of, um, you know, players that are knocking on the door of the first team and and, and are potential stars for the future, but have to work hard to get there first. You know, we've got lots of players like that. Um, but yeah, as as a flip side to that, it, it's it's a difficult decision. Um, I just, I just think with a player like Bruno Fernandes, you know, we we, we have to scream for the money. He's Sporting's most valuable asset. He, he's easily going to smash the record for most expensive um, uh, sale uh, that we have. So we we have to go for the money. We can't mess around and and gamble on players that are very talented but still have lots to prove. Um, not only because that's risky on our behalf. Uh, 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 and if there's a reward at the end of it, uh, Man City will guarantee themselves a cut of a future sale. But also because we've got lots of players already at the club that are in the same position. So you know, to me, Sporting just absolutely has to say, listen, you know, sixty-five, seventy million, whatever it may be. You know, we want we want the money uh, full, like in bulk. No, no messing about. That's like Bundesliga is our most valuable asset. We can't we can't afford to mess around with with players that have it all to prove still. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, I actually agree with you there, uh, Patrick. Um, all right, moving on. Um, we ran a little bit about the uh, city deal, um, though I think deservingly. I think it's a big uh, big thing for our for our club in the future. Um, Steph, seeing as. Um, you're the only one of us, really, that uh, that will recall um, Peter Schmeichel's performances in, at Sporting and stuff. What did you think uh, of his remarks about uh, Manuel Fernandes? He, he was right on. I mean, uh, uh, before Manuel Fernandes came to coach Sporting, I loved him as a player. Let's get that out of the way. Um, phenomenal Sportingista. Um, there's no doubt about that, too. Um I, I I love him, but when I say but, I have to be realistic. As a commentator, he sucks. He shouldn't be allowed to be a commentator. It's an insult to the intelligence of the sporting sound. Every time he he opens his mouth, he says something. He says things you're not supposed to. Sometimes it's stuff that goes in in uh, in practice that we're not supposed to know. No one is supposed to know, and he opens his big mouth. Um, and also as a coach, uh, he sucked. And, uh, I mean, if, do I want to be sympathetic with him? I could be, but then I would be a fake, uh, commentator in, in our podcast. Uh, he was what the coach for Santa Clara for Stubal, uh, and he didn't do much as a coach. Uh, so when he came to sporting, uh, he didn't last too long. Uh, I think his son, in the, on the other hand, Jack Fernandes has a better chance of be, be a better coach. Uh, but Manuel Fernandes, uh, you know, 
I mean, Schmeichel is a, he's a gentleman. He, he's, he's been champion in, in England with Manchester United, uh, champion of Europe with Denmark, champion of Portugal with Sporting. So, you know, he knows more about soccer in his lead and pinky than Manuel Fernandes in his whole body. And, uh, you just gotta Google and Manuel Fernandes and see his track record as a coach because as a player he was phenomenal and he did a, he won many titles for Sporting and thank you for that. But as a coach he sucks and I'm glad that Sporting at that time they realized that quite fast and then they they kind of dismissed him in a grace in a grateful gracious way. Uh, but I agree with Schmeichel one hundred percent. Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll all agree with uh, with Schmeichel there. Um, a last last political thing before getting into two uh, two, two footballing aspects. Um, I'll ask uh, Chris this one. Um, so it came out that uh, Sosa Sintra um, spent about seventeen million in uh, in his three months of presidency at Sporting. Um, I take into account, of course, he he was at, in charge during the transfer market, so he did have to buy. Uh, the likes of Diaby, he I think is credited with Nani uh, and um, a few other Gudel, of course. Um, what what did you think of uh, of the of those reports? Um, seeing as you also are, uh, you know, you, you took a look into our uh, into our books a bit when it when it first came out. Um, yeah, the seventeen million with with Sosa Sintra, dude. What do you think about that? Um, it's impressive, um, that he managed to spend that much fucking money in such a short amount of time. <laughs> well fucking said, dude. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty remarkable. Um, and if you just think about it, um, the sports papers were, were crying that we wasted, what, 20 million, 25 million, I don't remember, in, on the modalidades in the past five years. That's literally what he spent in, like four months and that was six years of modely dads and that was supposed to be like a damning story you know so yeah that's pretty remarkable and just gives you some context as to what gets these guys uh who write the papers worked up um and what where their priorities lie um but yeah i mean that's uh that's pretty that's pretty bad um for him uh you know a lot of that was 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 like Diaby, um, you know, that's like almost half of it right there. Um, part of it was probably, um, uh, you know, bonuses for the guys who came back from their contract rescissions. Um, you know, obviously Viviano, or was Viviano a Bruno, he was a Bruno Carvalho guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. He was. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's just not, not like fiscally responsible, especially considering, um, you know, obviously the the loans that we that had to have been paid back that obviously have been taken care of now. But I mean, that was probably six months before. So I mean, it's not like they they snuck up on anyone. Um, they should they obviously knew about it. He had access to that information. He obviously knew about it. He was the president of the club. Um. So yeah, I mean, all all things considered, and the situation we would find ourselves in like six months later is just pretty remarkable that he was being that wasteful and kind of had like enough, you know, unchecked power enough to to be to be doing that in the first place. Um, 
so yeah, it's um, it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing and uh, you know, pretty shitty at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, you said that well. Um, Patrick, um, a bit more now to the uh, footballing side. Um, one of our one of the low knees that we'll talk about right now, uh, Mama Balde having an incredible season with Avj, really having back to back good seasons. Last season, we've seen him more as a right back. This season, we're seeing him more up top playing as a right wing. Um, there's a lot of reports saying that he's going to – and I think we'll all, we're all in agreement, agreement. He deserves a preseason with Spartan. Um, seeing as that's likely to happen, what do you think uh, would be his best position at Spartan? Do you think it'd be better to play some back at right back, seeing as we might need depth, especially if Kaspar is going to leave? Or do you think we should play him at right wing just because he's been lights out this season? Um, I would say, you know, in terms of looking at him as a player, I would say he'd be a very good like wing wing back. So in between a winger and the right fullback, but I'm not sure. Um, even with the goals, uh, uh, you know, even with the numbers that he has put up, um, on loan, I'm not sure he's quite, you know, sporting quality. Uh, what I see is a player who is a, um, you know very good at attacking the space, has very good movement. Um, uh, you know, he's quick, he's strong as well. Uh, he, he's got decent technical ability, but he's one of those players that will excel at a smaller club where he has got the space to to attack on a counter-attack and, and uh, affect the game that way. If you're, if you're bringing a player like that into sporting, um, especially as a right winger, you know you, you have to be a lot more crafty, uh, and I I still see the mentality of a of an, a very old school winger at most in Mama Balde, which to me in, in 2019 we're going into 2020. Um, given the intricacies of modern football, I don't think that's um, enough uh, for Sporting to have. Uh, on the flanks, you could you could give him a go at, at, at fullback um, for sure, um, but again, um, there's still doubts over whether he's uh, as solid defensively as he is um, when your team has the opportunity to attack. So, um, I think there's generally lots to figure out with Mama Balde. We, we, we could give him a chance. Um, in in the summer with pre-season but um, for sure I think he's probably a player who after a season like this he's he's got a market elsewhere um, and you know I don't think it'd be the end of the world if uh, someone like him wouldn't break into the first team because I do still think he's he's someone who's still very much stuck in the old school mould of a winger which to me isn't enough for, for a team like Sporting who every week generally is coming up against very defensive teams and we need someone you know, like Jofinha, like, like Jelson uh, last season uh, like Bruno Fernandes a different level of creativity uh, to break these guys down um, I don't think Mama Balde really provides us with that Alright, yeah Well said, uh, last question to you Kevin um, of course just basing off rumours and reports from uh from uh, not only Portuguese media, but also German media. Um, there are a lot of talks that maybe we'll, we'll, we're open to selling Matos Pereira for $10 million. Um, apparently, Nuremberg really wants to keep Matos Pereira for next season. 
Um, I personally know you want us to keep Mateusz Pereira. Am I right on that? You want us to, to have Mateusz Pereira for a preseason at least 100%. next season, correct? So what, sure. are your, what are your predictions, though? What do you think Sporting is going to actually do? Do you think Sporting, um, given the chance and given that offer, uh, will sell Matush Pereira? Or do you think Sporting is looking more to keep him on for, for next season? Because we, do, we are lacking a bit in, in, in uh, depth in terms of uh, wingers. Uh, but what's your opinion? Um, honestly, if, I, if Sporting sees a 15 million offer, or thereabouts, I don't see Verandas rejecting it, which is which would be a shame because Matthias, after a slow start in Germany, he's finally being played on the right side where he performs best and in the system that suits him better. And that Nuremberg are seeing the benefits of that now. He's got something like three goals, one assist in five games, if I'm not wrong. And considering that um, the wingers that Sporting have at the moment, we have Rafinha and Acuna, Acuna being somewhere in between of a full-back and a winger. So we'll count Acuna for this one, but we've got Rafinha, Acuna, Jovan that hardly plays, and Diaby that doesn't count as a player. Uh, I say he's a 100-meter sprinter. That's up for you guys to decide, though. <laughs> don't so, need to kill the guy, bro. Come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't Go need today. I'll leave him. <laughs> but, but I'd say Matthews, he deserved a chance this season before the whole episode with him and Pazeiro and his comments on Twitter, which were childish of him. But I don't think getting sent to Germany was the right idea. But I'd say Rafinha and Matthews on one side or Rafinha also playing on the left, but I'd say if if we if we start the next season with Felipe up top, Rafinha on the left and Matuja on the right, I'd say that's a massive upgrade on what we've got now and Matuja definitely deserves a start um a chance in preseason and I'd like to see him stay for the new season. All right, well said. Um, I don't right. think they're going to have the money, personally. They're going to get relegated. So yeah. I don't know how a Bundesliga 2 team has $12 million, But, I mean... I'm, well, Bundesliga has a lot more money than, than... I mean, obviously more than Portuguese League. So Yeah, but they're going to lose all that TV. They're going to lose all that TV money, though. Yeah, fair. I mean, the, I will admit, like, there's good support in the German lower leagues. There's yeah. fantastic support. Um, but I just don't know if they have that money or they're going to have that money. Or if that's even smart for them to be spending. Dishing out that money in the second. But, I mean, the thing also with Germany is um, a lot of the teams that go down tend to come up. So, like, uh, um, uh, what's their name, man? Give me one second. Uh, Uh, Stuttgart went down and came right back Exactly. Stuttgart, and there's another one, too. Um, Not Dusseldorf. Fucking not Hanover. I don't know anymore. I feel like maybe it was Hanover. I can't remember anymore. Anyways, yeah, never mind. But Stuttgart at least will help not. A lot of teams tend to go down and come up in, in Germany a lot. Cologne Even uh, Cologne. Up exactly. Year. Yeah. So I mean it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a terrible investment in their part, especially if they're looking at to come to back. To come up. right back up, yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I don't think they'll also have the money for that. Um anyway, Steph. 
turning it over to you, what's uh, what are um, take us through uh, the world of Sporting and uh, our uh, our current uh, Mudalidad results? Okay, so let's do it. I'm gonna start with the uh, the, the the disappointing results. So, <laughs> so get them out of the way first, bro. Yeah, so we can finish strong and with a happy smile in our faces. So, believe it or not, in end ball, we lost against uh, Bifika 25-24. Uh, and I hate to say it, but this has a lot to do with the lingering of our coach, U- Ucanella, uh, not knowing if he's going to be new, if he's going to stay with us. Since since that announcement came out, the team has been shaky, lacking of confidence. And I think it's uh, linked to that. I hate to say it, but I think it is. Um I never seen a, a team uh, play this poor, even against the Madeira Sad uh, on Wednesday when we played. We barely won. We were losing at halftime by three goals, and then we came back and uh, we won the game. But we're not being ourselves. We're not the team that beats the uh, the quarterfinals of the Champions Leagues. So because losing against Rafika, a team that's uh, uh, not as strong as ours, it's actually. Uh, you know, it's embarrassing, actually. Uh, it's a rival, of course. They, they have a good team, but we have a better team. We have the obligation of winning against them. The only team they can compete against us is really Porto. So, to me, it was devastating losing against Mifika, but I blame Awadira Sound. They're not doing everything they can do to uh, to keep Ucanela. And uh, and they should do everything they can to keep Ucanela. If he's asking for a little bit more money, give, give him the goddamn money because he deserves it. And it's well worth it. And and I'm taking a little bit of time with Enball because it's very close to my heart. And uh, I hate what's what I'm seeing. We're going to hand up the season uh, not winning anything because uh, we're out of uh, the Tasa Portugal and losing against Benfica. It's a low blow. And uh, and Porto, usually, they, 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 they strive on that. And they'll take the – they can smell blood and they'll take advantage. Uh, moving on, the ladies, they did the best they could. Um, uh, they tied in uh, Sporting Club Braga. Uh, I hate to call them Sporting Club Braga. They used to be my filial Sporting, but they really, Olympians do not. Uh, but uh, with this tie of 0-0, they became champions of Portugal for the first time in their history. Uh, so congratulations to the lady of, of uh, Braga, which they have nothing to do with the uh, uh, squad of uh, the men's squad. They're much better than them and more classy. So congratulations to them. Uh, juniors, another disappointing result. After being uh, winning 2 nothing in halftime, uh, we lost one one player, of course, but that, that shouldn't matter. We let Tondela come back, and they tied the game 2-2. We out of the title race, but by by far, this uh, uh, under-19 team has been the worst team in uh, many years. Uh, the... Uh, this this uh, final phase of uh, of uh, the uh, championship it's been embarrassing losing five uh, one against Porto four one against Benfica it's been pretty bad for the, these juniors so we have to do a better job maybe uh, switching uh, the coaching staff Jose Lima he's not doing a great job so we need to revisit that and revamp the whole junior team uh, cup league uh, under twenty three. Uh, like you said on Twitter, Denny, uh, we finished strong in the league. We finished in second place. Uh, and I do agree that, uh, you know, the the main goal is to develop the players. 
even though I, I I was disappointed when we we lost the the game two one, uh, which could have been the title game because we won easily against Benfica at home this last game. Uh, but now for the League Cup, we won three uh, one against Tubal. What a performance! I can see a lot of these players in the preseason, and uh, and I hope so. And we have a lot of quality. Uh, quarterfinal uh, futsal. We won away in Quinta dos Lobos, 5-3. A uh, big thank you to Quinta dos Lobos. They gave us a, a, a nice gift uh, because we, we conquered the Champions League uh, Futsal Cup. And uh, they were nice enough before the game to give us a nice little gift. Um, final four, Okin Fatins, I have to mention it. It'll be next weekend. Uh, the first games, the semifinal games will be on the 11th of May, which is a Saturday. The first semifinal will be Barcelona against Football Club do Porto. Uh, it'll be at uh, 12 noon in Portugal and 7 a.m. in U.S. and Canada, uh, or 12 noon in Europe. Uh, se- semifinal, the other second semifinal will be Sporting Club Portugal against Sporting Lisboa Benfica. Uh, 1800 in Portugal, which is 6 p.m. in Portugal, and 1 p.m. in the U.S., Canada. Uh, and then the final of uh, whoever wins those two semifinals will be on the 12th of May, which is a Sunday. will be at, at 1800, 6 p.m. in Portugal, and 1 p.m. in the U.S., Canada. Table tennis, Sporting won 3 nothing against Ponta do Pargo, uh, just in case you guys are wondering the from the source. Um, and we reached the final. So now we're waiting for San Roque or Juncal. Uh, one of those two teams will meet us in the final. And then uh, if we win, it'll be four years in a row winning the uh, championship, uh, Portuguese championship league. And uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, one more note about the volleyball team. As you know, they used to uh, uh, train in Fiange. Fiange is uh, north of Portugal. And now they're being moved to uh, Lisbon. Uh, our coach, Uke Silva, um, reached a mutual agreement with Sporting. He's no longer our coach because his professional life and personal life is all up north. So it's understandable. But I do, I do understand the position of Sporting bringing the volleyball team to Lisbon. It's less expensive. Uh, they were paying a lot of rent for the pavilions and all that stuff. Uh, so it makes... I mean, our club is in Lisbon, so why shouldn't the volleyball team be in Lisbon as well? So to me, it makes a lot of sense. If we, in the process, it'll be growing pains. If we lose a couple players and the coaching staff, then be it. But we can certainly be built because the contracts we have in volleyball, it's it's not four years long. It's on a yearly basis. So it's not going to be, like, uh, super expensive, the budget. Um, if anything, I think... Uh, I think I'll give my kudos to uh, Miguel Albuquerque and uh, Frederic Verandes to try to uh, to uh, minimize the budget and get everything closer to 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 our fans because then they'll practice at Juan uh, Rocha. Um, so I think that's super smart, and that's all I got. All right, thank you, Steph. Um, let's go on to Twitter questions. Steph, I'm actually going to ask you this one first. Uh, comes from Joel da Silva, uh, past uh, guest on the podcast. Uh, follow him at, at Leon underscore 073. Um, he asks two questions. I actually want to know your response on both. 
One is pineapple on pizza acceptable. Careful stuff. You say the wrong thing, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> and uh, second, now that we're officially out of the title race and third place is safe, should we rest our main players for the final for the Tasa Portugal Cup? Uh, or should we come uh, with the usual squad and hope for a miracle in order to reach second? Okay, so the, the first one, no, I don't like pineapple in the pie. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> continue, bro. Uh, <laughs> yes, Steph. We'll take buddy. It's not my look. Okay, good. That's like fucking <laughs> having dessert together. What the hell? No, uh, man. Don't knock until you try it, bro. I'm not from Hawaii. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the second part of the question, uh, I I agree, and like a, a few players, yes, like um, like you mentioned with Chris, uh, Bruno Fernandes is about to get his yellow card, um, and he's been playing every single game. But at the same time, if I'm Kaiser and and Bruno Fernandes tells me I, I'm super motivated and I still want to play, I'm gonna let him play. Um, he, he could have some personal goals. He could say, I want to go for the uh, uh, Mercador da Liga. He's just two goals away from Seferovic. So he's not, he doesn't have more goals, like you said on Twitter. Um, but, um, but other than that, I would certainly give more minutes to Jovan Cabral, certainly give more minutes to uh, uh, Chico Geraldo, uh, to Dumbia. But I would be careful. I wouldn't rest the whole team because you want them to remain competitive and uh, uh, with rhythm. Um, the the Taça de Portugal is on the 25th of May. So we only play now on a weekly basis. So you want to remain competitive. It's really dangerous when... And we've seen that in, uh, in the NBA. We've seen that in... Uh, in baseball, when sometimes they they sweep a team and then they they rest all that time and then they come back all fucking discombobulated, like what the hell happened? Because you killed the rhythm. So I would be careful with that. Uh, I wouldn't switch the whole team, but certainly a couple of players, if not the whole game, I would give them. You know, I would tell them, uh, uh, Bruno Fernandes, I'm going to give you the first 45 minutes, but then the second half, I'm going to give entirely to Sheikh Shiraz. I would be okay with that. But, you know, be careful for what you, you wish for uh, because you want these players to remain focused and with rhythm, uh, competitive rhythm in, into the final against Football Club Porto. Uh, we, we, we're really riding on a high wave. So let's keep it that way. I love the way we're playing, full of confidence. And, but the game uh, in Utregaon will be a, a, a very good test of what to expect in Jamor. So it's back-to-back games against football Club Porto, but if we can if we can steal the show and get the second place by winning the start the dragon, if they have a negative result against Nacional and then do it again, and Nujamor, I think will be the number one public enemy to football Club Porto. Yeah, well said, stuff. Well, stuff. I uh, I agree with you there. Um, next question, uh, I'll give it to uh, you, Chris. Uh, it's from Nuno Gabriel. The next few questions are going to be from him. At uh, Cati Valence on, uh, on Twitter. Um, he asks, what's your take on, uh, on fake Belenenses' goal? Um, who is to blame? Uh, my opinion, Coates approached it all wrong and landed on his ass, allowing the initial shot that Renan saved very well. Um, what's your take on the goal, dude? Who, who's at fault? Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a pretty shitty pass. 
um, by, I believe, Matthew, correct, to kind yeah. of uh, put um, Borja in that situation in the first place. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And then, uh, obviously, Borja doesn't really do fantastic with it either. Um, he does, you know, track back decently and slide across, but doesn't quite get there. And then Renan uh, obviously makes a, you know, decent enough save, but it goes right to uh, to Lika, who, uh, you know, has quietly had a really nice season for Bullness. I think he's had double-digit goals, which is pretty remarkable. I thought that guy was a, uh, a lost cause completely, so... Uh, uh, good for him um, having a good season, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably gonna put most of that on uh, on Matthew. Fair enough. Uh, next, also again from Nuno Gabriel, uh, Luis Felipe is on fire. Uh, should he still be the starter, or should the option off the bench now uh, that Baz Dost is back? Uh, so Patrick answered that earlier. So Kev, I'll give that one to you. Um, I'd say definitely carry on playing uh, Felipe, especially for the games against Porto. As we've seen in the past, Bazdost never seems to be on the pitch when we play the bigger teams, be it Benfica or Porto or even Braga. Um, Felipe, the difference between him and Bazdost is Felipe is always closing down He's always looking for the ball. He's always looking for a chance. Bazdos is waiting for the chance to come to him. And Felipe will always receive the ball and play it off and be part of the team and look to help build an attack. Bazdos is just there to finish it. So possibly for the Tondela game, put Bazdos in to get some minutes to get him back ready. And if we need him in the Porto game, if Felipe isn't doing the job, we can use him. But I'd say definitely start Felipe because um, you can't argue with, with the form that he's been in. You can't just put Bazdos back in because of his name. For sure. Hey, um, I got I to jump in really fast. I totally agreed with everything that Kevin said. But I got to tell you something. It's a great feeling knowing that we have a world-class player sitting on the bench and he can just jump in at any minute and be on the pitch. It just, it gave me, knowing that Bazdas was on the bench, and if the game went, went south, uh, it gave, I, was, I was like, wow, it feels good now. Because we, we haven't been in this position of having two good strikers for a while. So, so I just wanted to say that. It's a, just a great feeling to have that, the comfort, uh, uh, you know, confidence of, Having two good good strikers because we haven't had that for a while. Montero was great, but he wasn't scoring. I love Montero, but I, I like to be realistic. So that's all I gotta say. Yeah, well said, stuff. Well said, Kev. Um, next question uh, for you, Patrick. Uh, thoughts on Gudeli's performance today? Uh, that quote unquote goal. Uh, it was going wide. Overall, though, how do you think he played? Um, yeah, I think he had a, a pretty calm game, pretty solid. Um, it, it's it's not his best performance, obviously. He's had some very good ones of late that, that have really stood up to me. But I thought he had a pretty relaxed um, and sound game, a bit a bit like um, Sporting's performance as a whole. Um, and, and yeah, um, 
you know, no, nothing too crazy uh, from him, but solid stuff. And I'm sure Kaiser uh, will be satisfied with, with what he's seen. And, and perhaps his recent good form, you know, Kaiser, when we talk about why hasn't Dumbia played any minutes, um, perhaps you know Goodelli's good form is something that Kaiser really wants to, to to feed to supplement, and he's given him as much game time as possible right now because he is, um, to me anyway, uh, living a very good moment right now in in the green and white of sporting. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, next question. Um, Steph, I'll give it to you. Comes from uh, our boy Abdallah Armuti uh, from Jordan at Armuti ninety two. Um, after this amazing run, do you believe that Kaiser could get us the league title next season? What do you think, Steph? Um, uh, yes, and but at the same time, two things need to happen. We had to to because now we can see it. Our team is, uh, our team, this team is, would have been good enough to win the title league if we were not involved in all four competitions. Because you can see that this team, well vested, is, is a good team. Well, given to also the fact that we had uh, three amazing acquisitions in the winter market, uh, being uh, Dumbia, uh, Borja, and um, and what's the other one? And um, Luis Flip. And Luis Flip. Thank you. I was not about to say Lottie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thank God. Because for some reason I'll never forget his stupid name. Um, I, I was against Lottie coming to Sparta. Um, so in that aspect, if we if if we prepare the preseason the way it's supposed to be prepared, I think we have a chance to the title league. But take, let's take into account that we might lose Bruno Fernandes. We might lose Machir. We might lose even Kuats. And we might lose even Acuna. Uh, we all know that Sporting needs money. We have to be paid the loan that we got from uh, our American friend, which was 65 million euros. So if we sell, if we sell all these players, we'll be able to repay the loan or a portion of it. And then we'll be able to get some quality players with that kind of money that we'll be gaining. So if we're smart enough and we 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 can put a team together, most certain most certainly we can get a, a a great team. But it has to be a team that's good enough for all four competitions, because we saw that when we were involved in Tasa Portugal, Tasa da Liga, um, uh, League Cup, and the Championship. We couldn't handle it. The team was too tired. So so that's my number one thing. Number two is if the corruption still goes on in Portugal, we're not going to see a title for another 18 years. Um, people's, the, people want to be blind and they say there's no corruption. Uh, it's fucking bullshit. We can see it a mile away. We can see how many games that lately Befica won. Super easy, like Maritimo, the president of Maritimo, president do Benfica. It was a fucking joke. Uh, he even said before the game that this will be one of the easiest games for Maritimo, and it was actually. He, he didn't lie to anybody. And Braga is a fucking joke too. About uh, recently on a uh, 
interview, flash interview, he said that he doesn't understand why fans are criticizing him and his team and the players and the president. He must be joking or he must be uh he must be really in drugs or something. Because everyone saw what the both presidents did in the uh uh, Presidencial joking around when he was in PK against Braga and Orelhas said, eh, pá, não deixa para lá, isso é só um penalti, está tudo bem. So, if if the corruption is not fixed in Portugal, Benfica will have the upper hand all the time. That's how they've been winning. They've been winning with corruption. Uh, Benfica said they don't like to hear that. They will defend their clubs and I do understand that. But some Benfica said do admit it uh, and and you know, to answer the question, it, it's those two combinations. If we have a good team, uh, well balanced, and if the corruption stops in Portugal, then then we'll have a shot. But I'm telling you, we've we've had some amazing teams like in 2015 and 16, and we couldn't pull it off. The corruption that is still favored Benfica, and and till that's not destroyed, and Rui Pinto is trying, but they're shutting him up pretty good. Uh, then I don't see Sporting winning a title for a little while. Not, not in, not in soccer or football, at all. Yeah, um, well said, stuff. Um, special shout out to Sporting CP Youth at Sporting CPY who uh, who asked really the same question. Um, so uh, thank you for the uh, question. Um, and I think Steph gave you your answer. Uh, next question comes in from uh, our boy, also in the chat with us, Jose Pereira, or Josie Pereira. Uh, that's uh, at Pereira4785 on Twitter. Uh, he asks, with Philippe scoring, should the striker position still be a priority during the summertime and try to bring a new, uh, a new race in or roll the dice and see if his form can continue next season? Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll give that one to you. What do you think, dude? Um, I definitely think we need another striker, um, regardless of Philippe's performances here to end the season. Um, it's not good to just have one or even maybe two strikers, as we've seen this whole season. If one goes down, you're you're pretty much screwed. Um, so I definitely think we need at least three. So um, whether or not Basadoff stays on or not, I think that we need to add three strikers total. So. If Bazdos stays, then we need to add one more. If Bazdos goes, then we need to add two more. All right. Uh, well said. Uh, next question, I'll give it to you, Kevin. Um, also from, from, from Josie. Uh, he asks, since Bruno broke the record for most goals by a midfielder, uh, does it really count because Portugal isn't in the top five league? Um, how does the panel individually feel about, these about the narrative and the media when they frame anything as top five league? I hate it. Um, so, so Kev, what do you think? Do you think it's a bit, uh, sort of, we should take credit away from Bruno Fernandes because he isn't in the top five league or, or, or how do you see that really? Excellent question. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. Um, I'd say Bruno Fernandes deserves a lot more credit for what he's done this season. Not just the assists, not just the goals, not just the figures, just overall what a player he's been this season for Sporting. And if it's 31 goals for any other player in the world, it'll, it'd be talked about. But it's the Portuguese league and no one seems to care. And we only have 
the league itself to blame and the teams in the league itself to blame. You, No one's going to pay attention to a league that has a Tundela playing in it, playing for a draw, playing disgusting football, just making fouls, just wasting time, playing for a draw. Now, teams like Lins and Santa Clara that have come through and Guimarães, those are teams we need in the league. Uh, Maritimo, no. I mean, their president just being friends with Benfica and the big club's presidents. No, you cannot have that in this league. The league will only improve if the teams go for wins, if they do what is best for their club and try and take the light away from the big three because it's just a big three and one of the big three hasn't won a league in 18 years. And who's going to care about a league like that? A league like that, but not only like that, because we've got to add on top of it, some stadiums that don't get 5,000 capacity, TV deals that are only in Portugal, you, you never see an English channel uh, put, play a Portuguese league game, and not to mention referees' decisions or the corruption. We can say what we want about the French league. I'd say it's Football-wise, it's the same level, but they don't have the refereeing problems that Portugal has. the The fans, the fans in uh, France, the stadiums get filled a lot more. The TV deals are better, and they have a PSG in it. So, either for Bruno Fernandes to really be recognised, and for his work to go noticed. Um, the league has to improve, and it only and it starts with the teams itself in it. Okay. Hey, Danny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well done. Sorry, I was talking. Know, I'm. Well, sorry. Well go said, ahead. Well said, but there's one thing that people need to realize. Hmm. A lot of the key goals that uh, Bruno Fernandes has scored, it's against top teams. We just said a little while ago that Bayern can ask for in big games. But Bruno Fernandes, he can score in big games. Yeah. There's a difference. And if you if you see your scouting department, don't matter if you're from Manchester United, Manchester City, Manchester Juventus, Bayern Munich, you notice these little details. You'll say, this guy just scored a fucking goal from 35 yards uh, away and started to lose uh, the 2-1 loss against uh, Benfica uh, for the Portuguese Cup and scored another amazing goal in Alvalade. They qualify Sporting for the final. That's the small details they're looking for. And this is why this guy's a great player, one of the best midfielders in Europe. Because he can score in fucking high-intensity games, important games. And that's all I have to say. Exactly. That's why it's not just 31 goals. It's everything that he's done this season. It's how he fights. It's the defensive contributions. It's the assist. It's the link-up play. It's literally everything the guy does on the pitch. Is beautiful and it's to a top standard, and any club in Europe should be looking at him. And they are 100 yeah. million. Yeah, don't believe Ebola or CMTV. 100 million, <laughs> just pay oh, it. No, no, Ebola, <laughs> don't look twice. Ebola, CMTV, you record a two do Juan Felix. All right, thank you, everyone. <laughs> Yeah. 
All right. Thank you guys uh, for, for throwing in the Twitter questions. We appreciate every single one of them and every single one of you. And uh, to wrap it up, um, we're going to uh, do a quick little preview of uh, Spar- uh, Sporting Tondela um, next, uh, next week, our last home game of the season. Tondela currently fighting for their lives, currently in the relegation spot as Shavs uh, got a crazy draw against Fadens, 4-4, uh, and Tondela lost today. Um, so, uh, Steph, I'll, I'll, or actually, Patrick, I'll start with you first. Uh, what's your pre- preview and prediction of that game? Um, it'd be quite nice to send Dondela down to uh, the second division, wouldn't it? Um, yes. Uh, yes. So, agreed. Let let's 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 go for three nil, three nil at home. Yeah, put the kiss for you. No value, please. I'll be thicker there, okay? Calma. Be thicker there, there. Steph, I'll ask your uh, your prediction next, dude. What do you think? Uh, Sporting's gonna win five nothing. I sing uh, uh, because uh, we we're trying to eradicate the corruption in Portugal, so we gotta start with uh, a murder. <laughs> Fair enough. And Kev, what's your uh, preview um, prediction? Uh, realistically, um, I'm saying four one. Carry on the the winning streak. Well done. And Chris, last but not least, what's your preview and prediction of the of the Tondela matchup? Yeah, I also expect um, a bit of a battering um, from us. Maybe three nil. Um, yeah, I mean we're just in in too good a form right now to 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 drop points at home in my eyes. Especially, um, I do think that Tondela will probably be a bit more motivated than Bullness was today. For sure. Um, but uh, and they also got fucked by having to go down to two ten men after you know twenty minutes. But yeah, I mean, I just there's no way they can hang with us. Uh, you know, they have some quality, uh, and uh, they, they still might survive. Um, you know, regardless of the result of this game, but they always fuck us up and take points from us. So uh, I won't be too sad to see him go down. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, me neither. I've been wanting them to go down for can like we, a, a solid two seasons now. When they go down, they have Tomane. He's a good player, but if they yeah, go we'll down, just take Tomane will be going to another first division team. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So will um, uh, Claudio Ramos. Oh, that's going to be interesting, actually. See how that plays out. I think he's going to go abroad. I think he'll probably go to, like, Greece or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he'll go to Benfica, and then he'll loan them out, and he'll disappear on the face of the earth, because there's nothing dodgy about that. No. Yikes. If he goes to Benfica, they loan loan him to uh, Stubal or Karakis Fordon, then he won't be able to play against them. (laughs) Well said. <laughs> but he'll still have the game of his life against Sporting, as they always do. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think Sporting will also win because mainly because it's at home and we're really good at home. Uh, but I think Tondela will pull up, put up a, a good fight. Um, but I'll go with a uh, I'll go with a three-one win. Um, anyways, that is our uh, that is our podcast. That is our episode for today. Um, actually, before I, before I forget again, I was supposed to say it in the beginning of the, of the podcast, but I'll say it at the end. Um, Forza Iker, uh, really sad to see a uh, rivalry aside, you know, a legend of the game. Regardless, 
a, a, um, a professional have to go uh, have to go through a heart attack and, and potentially have a, a, a beautiful career cut cut quite sad to, towards the end, you know. So uh, uh, I really hope he pulls through. And uh, I mean, it, it would be really nice to see him back on on the uh, field once one day uh, against Sporting for sure. But uh, um, of course, we'll have to wait and see about that. But uh, Forza Iker, it was good to see. Uh, good to see uh, he, he pulled out okay, and he's doing all right now. Uh, but it was very, very uh, sad news that that hit uh, not only us Portuguese league fans, but uh, the, the footballing world as a whole. Um, so, uh, yeah, Forza Iker. And uh, that is our podcast. Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us in the chat. Thank you, everybody, that sends us uh, sent us questions on, on Twitter and everybody that interacts with us on Twitter. Uh, follow us at Sparting160 underscore EN. Also, follow us on Instagram that Kevin is doing an amazing job at. Uh, we're getting, you know, futsal players uh, liking our posts. Uh, Bruno Page liked our posts. Uh, a bunch of players. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. A bunch of players have been liking our posts. I told Kevin to – sorry. I know this shouldn't be out loud on, live on the podcast, but I was telling Kevin, hey, bro, show the boys on, the, on, the, on, our, on our group chat. And he was just showing me, Kev, bro, you've got to share it with everybody, bro. Uh, cool, man. Man. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing crazy on uh, Instagram. So, you know, uh, thank you, Kevin. You're doing a really good job. Um, follow us at Spartan160EN. How old is um, Kevin? Sorry? How old is Kevin? I don't 16. know. What are you, 12? Oh, 16. 12. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> the, the six, I'm kidding. Bro. I'm kidding. You're 16? Yeah. Oh, I have a, a niece. She's 15. Are you interested? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> 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 this is uh Spartan 160 after hours. Uh, <laughs> the, the matchmaking episode. <laughs> uh, I'm only kidding. I don't have it and these that's 15, please. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thank you everybody for tuning in as always. Um and yeah. Uh see you see you next week and uh Viva Spartan. Viva Mariana. Hey. Yeah.